Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I am the worship pastor here at Compass Point, and with me today is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How's it going? Well, you know, lockdown and whatnot. We're doing we're doing okay. Oh um, man, this is uh, as I as I wrote in an email this morning. This is, might be the Monday of all Mondays. It is the winter solstice, meaning it's the shortest day of the year as far mm-hmm. as life That's right. and the province has got news that we're going on full lockdown yeah and yet here we are in advent here we are waiting for christmas uh yep. here we are right now doing postscript talking about love yeah so, so let's talk about this like darkest day of the year and the light that shines yeah let's <laughs> uh i mean jesus listen i you know i i started this message on sunday talking about this idea that the themes in advent are exactly what people are searching for mm-hmm. i mean every story can essentially be broken down into one of these themes of hope or peace or love or uh, joy and i think that there's it's so clear that this is not just something that christians are feeling at this time of year mm-hmm. anticipating these things the world is waiting for this stuff. And the controversy, I guess, is that the Bible, or the controversial kind of idea, I guess, for some, is that the Bible gives an answer for the for the, the longing, and it's Jesus. Yeah. Surprise, right? I mean, all of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> it's this baby coming into the world that's supposed to fix all of those feelings and desires of hope and peace and love. And uh, that's crazy, but it's true, and it changes things, and that's pretty awesome. And so on Sunday, we talked about love. We did. We did talk about love. Uh, and we, you know, we saved this one for last, right? We, this yep. was kind of the culmination. It's interesting. You and I have talked about this. Um, the Advent themes, the the classic hope, G, hope, didn't even say it right. Hope, joy, peace, love. Yeah. Um, they, they come in all kinds of different orders and, and yep. different ways. And, you know, even the candles, the four candles, do they represent Mary or their shepherds or the, yep. and different, different traditions do it differently. Uh, and I'm, I'm not actually sure I could tell you which tradition does it which way. Yeah. Um, but I do think it is really fitting that we end with love because the Bible talks yep. a lot about love, um, talks a lot about God's love for us. Uh, and, and, yeah, the, just the importance of that. And we, we, we dove in a little bit. Sue read the passage from First um, John yeah. uh, about, about God's love. Um, what, when you were studying this week, Paul, I mean, you've, you've been studying and preaching for a while now. You've preached, I'm sure, a, a number of sermons on love. Was yeah. there anything that hit you differently? Yeah, I think one of the things that really struck me this time was uh, just the reminder, you know, as you read through 1 John chapter 4 and verse 12, it says that no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. Then he says his love is made complete in us. Hmm. And that to me was was something that was rolling around in my mind a lot this week. What does it mean to complete God's love? Hmm. How could we complete anything of God's, right? So that was something that really was was kind of bouncing around in my in my mind. And the way I was thinking this through, and, and maybe you can give some feedback from the way sure. you look at that, but like the way I was thinking this through is that God's love is purposeful. It is effective in the sense that it changes us. Hmm. So it's it's a love that is not just sort of given out there into the ether, you know, as if like mm-hmm. when we think about love, we often think about these like romantic movies and somebody loves somebody or they love something or whatever it is. And it's just this feeling that's kind of out there. Mm-hmm. But when God talks about love, it's a love that changes. And so in order for a love to actually change us, 
it requires us to do something. And so mm. it's almost like this idea that when we reflect back the love that God has shown us, we actually complete the circle and demonstrate exactly how powerful God's love truly is because it changes us. And so it kind of, it's this like, it's this picture that actually, you know, kind of completes the circle. And I think that's a, um, you know, an interesting idea. Yeah. And I mean, it's really hard to grasp in one way um, because God love, God's love exists uh, outside of us in the sense that like uh, on one hand, um, God's love doesn't require us to do something. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, God's love is often best shown through, through one another, through this, yeah. this loving, like, um, yeah, maybe I misspoke cause I'm not saying, no, that, no, I, I, I'm not saying that love, I, I think that's really a helpful corrective though, that love doesn't require anything of us, but God's love is a love that changes. Yeah, right. And yeah, so, yeah. and so for it to change our lives we actually see it in all its fullness. I mean, God, mm. God loves the world um, and, and gives us these common, uh, we, sometimes we talk about it as common grace, mm. uh, you know, a great meal, a beautiful sunset, the birth of a child, um, all of these things that everybody experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's all a demonstration of God's love for us, that he's lavished on us. In 1 John chapter 3, it says this, that he's lavished this love on us. Mm. And so we, we receive all kinds of things some of it is not reciprocated back, but right. when we reflect it back as followers of Jesus who actually uh, base our love in a knowledge of truth and a knowledge of what Jesus has actually done for us, yep. and we reflect it back to the world, what we're, what we're doing is actually demonstrating a love that is far more powerful and strong and secure, and it's exactly what the world has been longing for and searching for, even if they can't articulate it exactly in that way. Yeah, and I loved, um, so we sang the song on Sunday, uh, Open Up, by right. the Brilliance, and the, the ending kind of bridge of that song is, um, hope for the hopeless, your love is, strength in our weakness, your love right. is, and kind of this like twofold, like it, it goes out from us, but it's also what we need, Yeah. and then may we love as you love, Right. this kind of prayer of like, if... If I truly understand your love for me, God, um, help me to reflect it more. Help me right. to to spread that kind of love because it's not uh, like like all of these things. They're not things to be hoarded. They're not. It's right. like, oh, God loves me. I can get as much of that as I can. Right. Like there's such an abundance of it that that it changes us. As you were saying, yeah. it, it forces us. Doesn't force us, but inspires us. Um, yeah. Moves us to to love others yeah. in really significant ways. So, you know, as I think about love and I, as I think about some of these other themes that we've gone through, um, and I'm trying to think of a way to say this without sounding like a really terrible person, but love to me is kind of like the most cliche and maybe the least meaningful because it's always this like big thing. It's always the penultimate, like it's love, yeah. it's love. And I'm kind of like, man, I could use a dose of hope right now. And I get why that's really great in this season. Why love in the midst of a pandemic? And and what is it, what is it about love? Can you, and I'm sure you articulated some of this on Sunday, but can we can just revisit that? What is it about love that, that is so changing? What is it that, that moves us? Yeah. Well, what's so compelling about it is that it is different than the kind of love that we demonstrate or we are like, we know about, I mean, love is, is so the, re, the, the way that we know that love is so significant in our lives is that we see it everywhere, mm. in our songs, in our art, 
in our movies, in our paintings. You know, love is something that has had our attention for as long as, you know, we have anything recorded in our history. Yeah. And the reason it does is because we are creatures that long for this love, a longing for a longing to be loved and to love. But what happens over time, I think, is that we have defined love so narrowly that it becomes less effective and it becomes less interesting to us because it's like, okay, I get that, you know, like I love pizza. You love pizza. Let's let's talk more about hope. But yeah, and, go and ahead. You, I mean, you asked on Sunday, what is it you love? I think yeah. the answers, my wife texted me, the answers were food, lasers, and something else from our household. <laughs> right. I don't remember the third one, puppies, the food, laser, and puppies. That, <laughs> right, that's right. what we love, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah because, and, and I said on Sunday, like probably the most common answer to the question, what do you love is what do you mean? Yeah, Right. Absolutely. If I said, what do you love? The first thing you say is, what do you mean? What yep. do I love? And it's like, what do you mean? What do I mean? I mean, love is love. It should be simple. Like we talk about it all over the place. And I think, I think it's used to, 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 you know, uh, have, it has so many meanings and so Mm -hmm. many sort of, um, undertones that it, it, it loses its punch. It loses its value. And I think, I think what we are trying to get at when we recognize this love that comes down at Christmas, this, this, this point in history where God demonstrates his love so perfectly and so clearly, I think what we're getting at is that this love is absolutely complete mm-hmm. and it, 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 it is, it is enough to fill the longings that we have in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you think about things like it being unconditional, right. Um, you know, it's not that he doesn't just love us because we're attractive people or good people or nice people. He loves us because it's his choice to, to, <laughs> to be unconditional with that love. Yeah. And so for us to, to recognize that we can be loved and, and without the, you know, measuring up somehow, I think that's really powerful. Um, the fact that we can, so, you know, I mentioned three things that it's, that God's love is demonstrated in, in, in John and, and also in the birth of Jesus is that mm-hmm. it's unconditional, that it's yeah. costly yeah. and that, um, and finally that it is life giving. Hmm. And, and so those three things I think are, are something that our versions of love don't actually scratch the surface of yeah they, you know they, they don't always and no. i mean it's interesting um you didn't talk about this on sunday but you've talked about it before so so in greek in the original language yeah love is not a singular word no right like we've got these different different types of love even there's eros and um phileo and phileo agape and agape yeah. um and it gets into you know in the same way that the the uh, the Inuit people in Canada have was it seven words yeah. for snow, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's it's kind of this idea. When we say snow, they would say, "Well, it's not quite, yeah, not quite what I'm getting at." And, and there's something of that here. There's absolutely love has such depth and such beauty. Um, and when we tie our definition of God's love in with kind of uh, Hallmark movie love, yeah, um, we 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 run a risk of kind of misunderstanding it. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think that's that's really really helpful uh yeah i heard um uh i'm just doing this off the top of my head but yeah. um um uh, theologian knight um scott mcknight, scott McKnight uh said he 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 called love 
um, described it as a rugged commitment to be with and for his people. Hmm. And, and I think that that sort of is, is, you know, when we think about love and we think about the hallmark version of love, not that everybody is, has that in the front of their mind, but uh, you know, to use the extreme, the hallmark version is, is kind of flimsy. It's a little romantic. It's based on some feelings in the moment. And, you know, it's almost like, you know, watching a show like, the bachelor or something where you recognize that in a few months it's all going to be over, you know, like there is no, Mm. there's nothing that continues on. And so we, we have this idea that love is temporary and it's a momentary thing, Mm -hmm. but God's love is this rugged commitment to be with and to be for his people. And it's something that's relentless. He just keeps going and going and going. And, um, you know, he, like, when you think about the big story of God and how he, you know, he, he brings this people and, and the people reject him. And then he, you know, brings, you know, gives them this and they reject him again. He gives them this, they reject him again. And there's this back and forth and back and forth, but God's love continues right to the person of Jesus and to the ultimate sacrifice. And so that kind of love is a love that's sustaining and fulfilling. And it's actually the kind of love that we need. Yeah. And I I think it's really good to remember uh, I, I mentioned earlier that love might be the most cliche in some ways, the one that, that we hear about the most even. Um, and and understanding God's love for us isn't just getting the right definition, right? I think it's helpful to understand yeah. that our definitions, but, but even our best definitions of God's love for us um, don't get us to the point where we fully understand it and have experienced it. And it's right. why we return to this every year. It's yeah. why the Bible returns to it so yeah. often. It's why I believe that you can you can grow up hearing about this and you can be a hundred and still learning about this. Yeah. And this is like experiencing and understanding God's love is a lifelong journey. Yeah. Um, but it, but it, it begins and ends, I think at Christmas. And that's yeah. like you said, we need to be reminded, but yeah. first John or first John four says that this is what love is hmm. that God sent his son. So you want to know a picture of what God, what God's love looks like, looks like hmm. look in the manger, right? That's, yeah. that's the essence of what we're trying to get at. Yeah. That's uh, that's really good. What, how do we reflect this love? Yeah. How do we love like God loves? What is, what does that well, look like? Well, I was like? actually thinking about this in the context of where we are right now yeah. in the middle of COVID. Let's and I it. think that that's really helpful um, in the sense that, that when we think about the idea of un- unconditional love, um, and I gave this example and, and, you know, I'll say it again, cause I, I, it really kind of struck me as I think about this, that, you know, I love my family. Mm-hmm. I spend time with them. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a family that we all get along and things are going really well and in, 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 in a positive way. And I love to be with my family, mm-hmm. but right now we can't be with our family. But we can be with someone else. Hmm. We, we, we can be with our neighbors who hmm. we happen to go and take the garbage out or we see a person walking the dog in our street or whatever. Yeah. So there are people in our life right now that, um, that are you know passing by in our life um, and they would never be the kind of people that would sit down at our Christmas dinner. And hmm. yet we have this opportunity during COVID to take the love that we generally just focus directly on our family and, you know, spend time with our family and all that kind of stuff. And since we don't have those people, it's almost like we redirect our love to the people that are around us, like the dog walker and the neighbor and Mm -hmm. the people that are closest to us. To me, that's a picture of unconditional love because those people, we don't show love to them because, you know, they're, they're nice or we've grew up with them or we, you know, we've shared experience or whatever. We love them just because, and I think that's kind of at the core. And so we have this opportunity during COVID to love people just because. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I don't know about everyone's experience, but I know uh, mine and our families, 
um, we we know more of our neighborhood and we know more of our neighbors. It's funny. I can actually like I can walk down the street in our little neighborhood and uh, and tell you which house has a new puppy, right? And tell you about how they got some work done this summer and and people on the free the streets actually seem friendlier and there's yeah. more like we we have this common experience now which is the pandemic which is literally everyone has this common experience and because of that um, people seem to be more open oh man which is a beautiful thing but just imagine you you wander out you, you just find out that you know your parents have decided that you know because of the new restrictions that you mm-hmm. can't go and see them yep. you wander out on your driveway and you're frustrated and you're upset because you can't be with the people that you care about yeah and then you look over and your neighbor is also walking out onto their driveway with yeah. the exact same feeling saying man I wish I could be with the people that I care about yeah and it's like hey maybe we could just be with each other you yeah. know from the bottom of the driveway just yeah. for a moment to remind us that you know that this 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 love doesn't just get directed towards people that we um, somehow like or know better. Mm-hmm. Bake some cookies. Uh, Not that I don't like my neighbors. Did I make that? Did I make no, it sound no, like I, I don't I, like. I, well, no, but, but <laughs> we 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 treat our family different than our neighbors, exactly. right? And it's it's interesting that this is actually a line that Jesus talks about in a way. I mean, right? Neighbor is a different word, maybe, but but also you know we we. We feel like uh, blood is thicker than water is the expression, right? Yeah. Like I'm related to these people. I need to be spending time with them. And yet Jesus makes it pretty clear. Like what is it his disciples are to do? They're to love yeah. the people around them. Um, and we, yeah, we do treat our neighbors like, oh, I'll talk to you about how I'm frustrated that I can't be with the people I love. Have a great day. See you later. Right? Yeah. Like, well, think about the little gifts that we give away, right? Yeah. So if we go over to someone's house, we might take a gift to them. You know, someone like there's a crosswalk person who's at the crosswalk. You might give them, yeah. you know, something. Uh, there's a teacher in your kid's life that you might give some money to, or there's, um, you know, a grandkid or something. Mm-hmm. Those gifts are not going to always be equal, mm-hmm. Right. They're, they're, they never are. You, no. you give more to people that, you know, that, that you have a deeper relationship with or have done more or mm-hmm. meant more to you in some way. And so I think that's another uh, example of this picture of, of the kind of conditional love that we ne- generally show. And mm-hmm. if you touch, attach that to generosity, um, whereas I think that, that there's this leveling thing that happens with Jesus. that's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. And so those are some of the ways I think that we can do that. Certainly costly. I think there's ways that we can demonstrate love to people that actually cost us something as mm-hmm. well. Um, but that's pretty, what do you mean by important. that? Like, so costly, um, yeah. I'm going to assume, and I'm pretty sure, uh, it's more than just monetarily costly. Yeah. What is, g- give me some definitions or some, some examples even. What, what have you heard? What have you done in your life or seen? How have, how have you been loved in costly ways? Well, I would, I mean, I I could point to so many different examples, but I can, you know, uh, just the other day I was, uh, we were, um, we went with you guys for a hike and, um, before we left, we got a little bag of scones that your wife had made and they were delicious and wonderful and awesome. And the fact that someone just took some time to, uh, make something for some friends. And I know that you did that for a lot of people and dropped them off in different places. Um, that's the kind of thing that, you know, helps lift us out of some of the feelings of frustration and, and, you know, mm. all the weird, icky, dark stuff that's going on right now. Yeah. When you start thinking of other people, um, it's amazing how your mood changes. Yeah, it, it is. And there's, um, yeah, even, so. even the, the gift, like, it's funny. I think of love is costly for sure. And you mentioned the scones that my wife makes and we have so much baking at our house all the time. I, we need to give it away or we would all be just terribly obese. (laughs) Um, which is not, I'm not complaining in any way. Uh, but there is something 
when you when you practice this costly love, uh, it it pays itself back to you. And I'm not talking about like reciprocity of yeah, like yeah. you give me scones now. I'm just talking about like the joy of giving away. Yeah. The joy of loving people is often really like really wonderful, it's especially in this season. Um, yeah. Man, I've done a couple of, one of the things that's gotten me through the pandemic is uh, getting back into woodworking and experimenting with some stuff. Uh, and I've, I've built some shelves for some people. Um, and yeah. it's, been, it's been a strange gift both to them, but also back to me to be able yeah. to like do these things with purpose um, and to love people in this way. And I like, heard weird, right? That, you know, I, I heard stories, I've heard stories over this, this time of, um, you know, some people who play piano, who, um, you know, kind of mm. threw open the doors to their, you know, their condo yeah. room and just played the piano and played Christmas music. I've yeah. heard, you know, stories of people dropping off flowers on random people's doorsteps. Mm. Um, the, the number of people who were involved in the food drive. I mean, we could go on and on. There are so many stories of light in the midst of darkness. Yeah. Um, and there are these little, like, these little explosions of love um, that produce joy in some really cool ways. And it's exactly what happened when Jesus came over 2000 years ago into mm. the darkness, into the darkness of the night in Bethlehem. All of a sudden this baby's born and it's this little glimmer of love and hope and joy and peace. Yeah. And you know, we're going to wrap it up there um, again. Today is the winter solstice, which yeah. means it's the darkest night of the year. Um, yeah. But if you are into astronomy at all, you'll also know that this is the aligning of planets. And there are many who think that this is the same phenomenon that happened mm. around Jesus's birth. Mm. This extremely bright light in the sky, this deeply meaningful thing. And my, uh, my encouragement to you today is reflect that explosion of joy and love. Find a way um, as we enter these 28 days of lockdown where we are here, find ways of loving people, of engaging with those things. We're going to take a little break from Postscript after this. I think we're going to take a couple weeks off as we sort out what we're doing and stuff. But um, thank you for listening along and uh, thank you for joining us. And we will be back in 2021. It's going to be a wonderful year. See you then.